Uh, Defenders number 84 has a cover by Rich Buckler, Al Milgram, and George Russos, written by Ed Hannigan, penciled by Don Perlin, inked by Tex Blaisdell, uh, colored by George Russos, lettered by Diane Albers, edited by Al Milgram. A Wakandan arms smuggling ring brings Black Panther and Namor into conflict, and it nearly ends in nuclear war. So, that's fun. Um, it's it's kind of... So, at the beginning of this, <coughs> this all happens because the Atlantean Navy um, is buying from this Wakandan... Um, Wakandan smuggling ring, uh, which puts Black Panther on their tail. That brings them into conflict. At the end of this, Black Panther gets knocked out. During that time, uh, his, uh, his generals launch a nuke at, at Atlantis. Um, so when... When Black Panther and Namor first encounter each other in this story, Namor is just like, look, I didn't know what was going on. I had my own shit to deal with, and I kind of left affairs of state to my uh, generals and advisors, and this occurred while I wasn't paying attention. And Black Panther is just like, that is no excuse. But then at the end, once they're able to head off the nuclear destruction of Atlantis, Black Panther's like... Okay, I kind of get it. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, and at that point, he's already pissed off uh, Namor such to such a point that Namor, even the okay, I kind of get it. Namor's not having any of it. Right. Um, I, I like. I understand what we're doing here, but at the same time, like, okay, fine. It, yeah, it's a Cold War allegory. I get that. Um, but then also, like, you were both asleep at the wheel. One of you was unconscious. The other one was willfully not paying attention to what his people were doing. Right. Um, and then you tried to out-asshole each other. It didn't work. Um, it made things worse. The Hulk freaked everybody out, so that's just the Hulk. Um, yeah. It's... Honestly, of Defenders, this is... We're fine. We're getting better. This now. The bar is low. Sure. Sure. Like, I didn't. I kind of rushed through this, but I didn't actively hate it. So. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. I, uh. Also, Namor takes care of people, really. He shall be. A banner will be under my care until such time as we've. as he's healthy. And, uh, that is basically sedate the fuck out of him. Anytime he wakes up, put him back down. And it's just like, yeah. you're going to kill him <laughs> to quit it. Well, you know, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I'm in the middle of something. Sedate the Hulk, okay? <laughs> yeah. All right. So, I do feel I should go ahead and make an apology here. Uh... We took a break so I could go to the bathroom. <laughs> and in doing so, so I referred to my talking about uh, the toy industry in relation to comics as an opportunity to spur gout. So I kind of did that just... I used to watch Zero Punctuation. Uh -huh. And I picked up a lot of bullshit from watching that, that I need to kind of break the habit of dipping into. Because uh -huh. he says a lot of shitty stuff. Like, you know, and that's why I stopped watching it. Um, but... I apparently had inadvertently picked up that term 
from that series. And I used it before. Uh, and I'm just like, you know, looking at that, that's probably derogatory in some way. And sure enough, it's a derogatory term for people who are autistic or have Asperger's syndrome. Mm. So I'm really sorry about that. Mm. I did not realize that that was the case. And I will not be saying that again. No. So, okay. yeah, it was it was one of those things that I said that. And then while I was using the restroom, I was just like, that's probably not good. And sure enough, it's not. So I am really sorry. Um, mea culpa. Yeah. So uh, to anyone... To anyone I hurt by saying that, I'm really, really sorry. I will not do it again. Uh, I am definitely going to watch that in the future. So, yeah. Moving on. Uh, we are at Defenders number 85, which is inked by Jim Mooney. Uh, the The Defenders need to find Mandrill. Um because Val is dead set on that. By the same token, the Defenders are now helping Black Panther with this Wakandan smuggling ring. But then it turns out that Mandrill is involved in the Wakandan smuggling ring. So, hey, two birds. Um, but Bla they, go after, they go after a shipment and then Black Panther winds up Trapped on a plane that's rigged to blow, but Hellcat and Doctor Strange save him. Plus, we get a... Over the course of these issues, we get a, several more thrilling scenes of Kyle Richmond talking with his lawyers and accountants, which is just well, absolutely <clears throat> captivating. Yep, it's just what you want out of, uh, out of a comic book. Yep, let me tell you. Uh... Yeah, this issue's whatever. Uh, Defenders number 86 is inked by Pablo Marcos, colored by Bob Sharon, and lettered by Michael Higgins. Uh, Black Panther brings brings the Defenders in because, uh, even further <laughs> than he had before, because there are these devices called absorbers that are now out there in the wild. And the the fundamental problem is so on the one hand if you turn it on it absorbs all ambient sound sound around it uh in addition that ener that sound energy gets absorbed and then can be used uh to power shit and um <laughs> in the course of things black panther uh brings up the fact that he is worried because Hellcat is really smart and will figure out that he's not just worried about this because of the potential of the device, but also because it, it being based on what are on bleh, on vibranium, people will find out about vibranium and then everybody's going to come after Wakanda. Um, which, okay, uh, I don't, we have not, there's not really a lot in this issue that suggests he has anything to be worried about as far as Wildcat being really smart. The, the thing is, I'm not saying she's not. Yeah. I'm just saying none of that is evidenced in this issue. <clears throat> so, like, I guess there's stuff going on off panel where Black Panther's just like, man, she's really on the ball. Uh, so whatever. But um, it winds up, they are able... Um, they are able to use one absorber uh, to short out the other during a fight with the Hulk. And then Hulk is just like, fuck all of you. Leave me alone. Yes, even Defenders. Buy yeah. and takes off. So, yeah, like I said, 
the these issues are better, but um, you know, define better. <laughs> like, I I don't actively hate them, but I didn't enjoy reading these either. They were just sort of there. Yeah. So. Yeah, and then they try to do a thing where everybody that comes in contact with this with this absorber ends up dead or somehow injured um, and fine, whatever. Um, I don't know what you're trying to tell me about technology and its dangers here, but okay. Um, it's, it's fine. It is better. I like the beginnings more or the i don't have anything to say i'm 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 wallowing around here so all right yeah yeah uh so that brings us to thor this week um which like i said this is a real mixed bag um because on the one hand we're continuing the celestial stuff and i i maintain once again that this, I have, like, the Celestials being a part of the 616 universe, yeah, fuck yeah, let's do it. The Celestials judging humanity and the Eternals thing being part of the 616, no. Uh, because we have to jump through so many fucking hoops uh, to avoid, like, not, not destroying the world. Yeah. Uh, and to and to explain how the the Eternals and the gods of Olympus and all of these other things all exist in the same place at the same time and yada 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 and it's really fucking frustrating. Um, but whatever. So Thor number two ninety one. Has a cover by Keith Pollard and Bob Layton. Uh, the uh, sorry, Keith Pollard, Bob Layton, and Irving Watanabe, and is written by Roy Thomas, penciled by Keith Pollard, inked by Chick Stone, colored by Glennis Ween, lettered by Joe Rosen, and edited by Roy Thomas and Jim Shooter. So, Thor returns to Olympia dejected uh, because the forces of Asgard are arrayed against him. Uh, and the Eternals form the Unimind to try and take on the Celestials. However, while they're doing that, their efforts are undermined when Odin and the Greek gods attack. Uh, this causes the Unimind to fail. And uh, so the Eternals join the battle. It's a knockdown drag out that pretty well wrecks the city of Olympia. Uh, but during the fight, Odin knocks Thor to the ground and kills him, or prepares to kill him with his spear, Gungnir. Um, yeah. Just, like I said, this part of things, I'm just like, more celestial shit. I don't care. Once we get into the next couple issues, there's some interesting stuff. Yeah. But. I am not a fan of this fight, though. This fight is stupid and everything i don't know it's fine yeah um so thor number 292 has a cover by keith pollard and bob layton and is colored by carl gafford um odin is getting ready to deliver the killing blow um the before he is able to do that, uh, he stops and says, what am I doing? I can't do this again. Um, and calls it off. Um, and Thor is like, what do you mean? And Odin's like, I can't tell you, but gives him a cryptic clue about, you know, uh, if your IFNs the and blah, blah, blah. But 
the your eye will still have seen everything you've seen mm-hmm. um at which point he quits the battlefield uh and at that point the greek gods are just like there's really no reason for us to keep fighting so they stop and we get a brief moment where like zeus and Zerus are standing there talking and zeus is just like you know odin played on our resentments of you sort of stealing our thunder after we left the mortal sphere whatever who gives a shit like it's fine yeah bye they don't stick around to pick up <laughs> like, no they trash the eternal city and then they're all just like oh bye <laughs> and it's like okay uh so the Eternals, Zerus and thor talk and Zerus is just like we're gonna keep trying but you know there's no point in continuing this particular avenue of things and thor's like hmm okay so he starts considering what Odin said and realizes he that he is referring to his eye, which he plucked out and dropped into the well of Mimir for knowledge. Uh, so he goes looking for the eye, which he finds in some other world attacking a village of gnomes because comics. Um, he fights and overcomes the eye, which then agrees to answer one question. Thor is initially just like, Okay, so I want to know about the whole Odin kneeling before the Celestials. But more than that, I want to know what he meant when he said, I can't do this again. And the guy's like, good choice. And that's (laughs) where we leave at this issue. Um, This issue does have something I absolutely love that I have to talk about. Okay. Um, I love... I love when when stories like have a character do something and then a short time later uh, forget that they did that thing and like just sort of move on and never address it. Okay. Because especially when it's something that has to go through a whole lot of people before uh, it sees the light of day. Uh, because it's just kind of like, okay, like, you know how, you know how in, uh, in Batman V Superman Dawn of Justice, when Wonder Woman shows up in the doomsday fight and Superman and Batman are like, is she with you? No, you (laughs) like all of that. Even though Batman emailed her earlier in the movie. Yeah. Like. It's one of those kind of things. So Thor shows up, finds the eye, and he says to the eye, hang on, I forgot to pull this up in preparation for this issue. Uh, He says to the eye, uh, so the eye says, evil eye, what knowest thou of evil intruder any more than of the forces thou dost recklessly face. Thor replies, I know that I be Thor, god of thunder and son of Odin, and art thou my father's eye that he did cast out of Asgard. Okay? Uh Uh-huh. A few pages later, the eye refers to him as Thor of Asgard, and Thor says, Thou knowest who I am? <laughs> and it's just like, motherfucker, you just told him. Like, what? <laughs> so I just, like, all of the information that the eye needed was included in what <laughs> that, what he just said yeah. to the eye. And then he's just like, wait a minute, holy shit, you know who, you must be the eye I'm looking for because you know who I am. No, no, (sighs) no, no, Thor. Thor, you provided all of that information in your introduction. Yeah. My dude. Yeah. (laughs) What the fuck, man? So anyway, um... But that was that was one of the highlights for me was Thor just being like, oh, my God, like, come on, man, this isn't memento. You don't get to forget five minutes later. Um, 
So, yeah. So, Thor number 293 is when we get into, like, some weird shit. Uh And it's stuff that's going to not only contextualize some of what we've been seeing, but also informs a lot of what comes later. Um, So the eye starts sort of rewinding time (laughs) as Thor watches in his mind. Uh, And so we get kind of a, a little magical mystery tour of what's happened during the time since Thor first showed up in journey into mystery. But then it goes back further than that to when, uh, to like long, long before that and shows Thor an unfamiliar Ragnarok occurring in an unfamiliar Asgard peopled by unfamiliar versions of him and everyone he knows, which only a handful of gods survive. Um, so the, um, Thor is like, what the fuck is going on? Like that guy's clearly supposed to be me. Um, but does not, isn't me like he's different and weird. And all of these other versions of, uh, all these other different versions of these people are familiar, but they don't look like the people I know. Um, And so when Thor asks, when did all of this happen? The eye shows him that the burning Asgard was the star that heralded Jesus's birth 2000 years ago. Um, so now we're left with the question of, so how can this all have happened before that long ago? Why doesn't Thor remember it? Yada, 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 which we will get into in the next couple of issues. But, um, the, the thing about it is, so, This serves a few purposes, okay? Number one, it kind of rectifies why things are different in the Marvel continuity than original Norse mythology. Because, like, in original Norse mythology, the giant Lafe was Loki's mother, not his father. Loki was a an oath brother to Odin, not his adopted son. You know, on and on, all of this stuff. Plus, like, Balder was a son of, of Odin, but he's not in Marvel, and so on. Um, so we're kind of we're kind of attempting to explain why all of those things are different. Additionally, this winds up kind of freeing them up a little bit because it means that they can actually do Ragnarok, which they wind up doing uh, at least once. Because <laughs> um, the one that pops to mind or springs to mind is in the wake of Avengers Disassembled. Yeah. When Ragnarok occurred, Thor and all of the other gods died, but then eventually they came back later on. And so we're setting up this cycle of life and rebirth or death and rebirth uh, that was present in um, in original Norse mythology because this stuff about some of the gods surviving is from Norse mythology. Yeah. Um, so it's sort of, it's sort of like, um, while Norse mythology does not necessarily have a um, a revelations as such, it is, you know, Ragnarok occurs, everything is burned away, and then the surviving gods get to go on to live in the next world, happy and whatever. Um, so yeah, 
So there's all that. We'll also, in the next couple issues, get an explanation as to some of the stuff Odin has been doing these past few issues, especially regarding the Warriors 3 and Sif and so on. So, uh, Thor number 294 has a cover by Keith Pollard and Irving Watanabe. Uh, the eye shows Thor more flashbacks and... Or, yeah, so uh, the surviving gods are in this new version of Asgard that is just kind of a, a flat grassy plain with nothing there. They find these chess pieces representing all of the other gods, which, as I recall, is from Norse mythology as well. Uh, but I may be wrong. I'm trying to remember because, like, some of it is um, the uh, I'm trying to remember if I read if I did actually read that bit in Neil Gaiman's Norse mythology or if this is a uh, a function of my shitty memory but mm. whatever um, in this they find the children of the two sons of Thor find Thor's Mjolnir and they're like, should we carry it? And they're like, eh, no, we don't need weapons of war in this new world. So they throw it, uh, which lands in Midgard, which has survived. Unlike what Odin said would happen. And, uh, transforms itself into the golden uh, Rheingold um, and then becomes guarded by these three mermaids who suck at their jobs. Uh, the other gods, these four gods who were like all related to Odin, find Gungnir, Odin's spear, and they all place their hands on it, at which point they all merge into Odin, the new version of Odin, the Odin we know. Uh, this Odin finds the chess pieces on the ground, though they have now changed into versions other than the ones who just died. Yeah. Um, and the other gods who were there disappeared when the others merged. So... We don't know what the fuck happened to them, but Odin takes the chess pieces and uses them to recreate all of the trolls, the giants, um, all of the gods of the Aesir, all of that. Um, once he does that, they rebuild Asgard and then he leaves because he's like, I need an actual blood son. So he goes off to have sex with Earth. <laughs> I mean, yeah, <laughs> like the goddess of the earth in Norse mythology is Gaia here and it's the earth, whatever. Yeah. So he he finds a cave and sticks his dick in it and then Thor is born, whatever. Uh, but so while that's going on, these mermaids are guarding the Rheingold, which is stolen by this uh, gnome named Alberic. So in this issue, we start combining uh, Norse mythology, the Marvel Thor chronology, and the Ring of the Nibelung by Wagner. Uh, so it just becomes a big, you know... Uh, big old pot. Melange of stuff. Which, you know, it to say the, to say that it's... Combining Norse mythology and the Ring of the Nibelung isn't... So, the Ring of the Nibelung is based on Norse mythology, but does introduce other um, other things to the story that were not present in Norse mythology. So, I'm not just... Uh, yeah, whatever. But anyway. So, we get that little aside. Um... 
then we switch back to Asgard, where these two giants named Faisalt and Fafnir are building the walls of Valhalla in, re in exchange for the goddess Idun. Uh, Thor hears Idun's cries uh, and goes to fight the giants to save her, but then is stopped by Odin. Um, there are a few things here. Um, first of all, Idun, Idun is a, Idun shows up here, but eventually at a certain point we find out that Idun is actually Amora the Enchantress, or at least Amora the Enchantress is Idun, um, because Amora does not appear in Norse mythology, uh, but because Idun is the one responsible for the tending of the golden apples that give the Aesir their eternal life, it kind of explains why everybody put, kind of puts up with Adora. Like, or Amora. Amora, not Adora. Um, like, it makes more sense why when the Entrantress is constantly starting shit, they don't just kill her or lock her away yeah it's just like oh yeah if we do that we die but still whatever so that brings us to our last issue this week uh which is thor number 295 thor is not happy about being stopped by odin but odin in the course of things is just like dude shut the fuck up we're trying to find a way out of this because obviously we're not going to let them take a dune. If a dune goes, we all grow old and die. Let me fucking handle this. Uh, Loki, who is who was supposed to have found a way out of this, says, "Well, I went to go and see about giving them the Rhine Gold, but that's been stolen." And Odin's like, "You're fucking worthless." Uh, <laughs> So they go after the Rheingold, which it turns out has been fashioned by Alberic into the Tarnhelm and this ring, the Ring of the Nibelung, interestingly enough. Um, and there's a there's a whole thing where they're just like, hey, we're just travelers. What's that you've got there? And he's like, dude, I know who you are. Like, <laughs> come on. So he changes into a dragon and fights them. Uh, and then he, Loki, like, convinces him to change into a frog. And he's just like, aha, I'm a frog now. And you won't be able to find them among the, among the rock, find me among the rocks. But Odin steps on him before he's able to get away. And he's like, fine, fine. What do you want? So they take the Rheingold, the Tarnhelm, and all of the gold he's, uh, he has forced these other people to dig up. But in doing so, Alberic curses the ring uh, and says that it will bring disaster for everyone who holds it until it is returned to him. Uh, the three of them are just like, yeah, whatever, man. And they return to Asgard. Um, Odin considers giving them all the other stuff and keeping the ring for himself. But the goddess Erda shows up and is just like, that's a really bad idea. Doing so would destroy you. So he gives it to the giants. The giants are like, cool, we'll take this instead of a dune. Uh, but then they get into a fight over the ring and Fafnir kills uh, his brother Fasolt before teleporting himself and the gold away. The reason I say this contextualizes some of the shit that's been going on is we now know why Odin sent the Warriors Three after this random fucking dragon. And it's because this giant Fafnir becomes the dragon. And yeah, so obviously we would know that if we had, I don't know, Googled the character of Fafnir, but yeah. <laughs> because again... Fafnir the dragon is in fact from Norse mythology, but in the context of these comics, because we can't be expected to know fucking everything, goddammit, um, it explains at the very least why Odin might be sending them after him. Um, 
Odin at the end of this says he's going to remit, erase any memory of this from everybody's mind. But we know for a fact this doesn't explain anything yet because Odin has not yet killed Thor. Uh, so we know there's going to be more after this. Uh-huh. But uh, like I said, this stuff is at least interesting because, you know... For one thing, it doesn't involve the fucking Celestials. And for that alone, I am happy. Uh, but also, like, you know, it's uh, it's a mystery. And that is more interesting than just how do we fight the Celestials. So, I, it's a nice respite from the Celestial shit. And I find it interesting in and of itself. Yeah, it is much better in a... I, I never mind... I, I thought I would hate it. But I never mind when it's like... Let's go back in time and tell you a story about... Tell Thor a story about the previous... Or, you know, in this case, it's the previous Thors and stuff like that. Or, like, Thor stories from Norse mythology that don't really fit with our Thor... Let's tell mm-hmm. a story about that. I thought that would annoy me, but most of the time it's actually really enjoyable. Um, even if it's just a break from what we're doing. Um, yeah. But like, this is, you know, two or three issues of a break from what we're doing. And what we were doing sort of sucked. So I'm glad we're doing this instead. Well, and I think it's, I think it's fun in, uh, in a lot of these situations. Like, you know, every so often, for a while there, we were doing Tales of Asgard, mm-hmm. which was fine because it was just, hey, here's Thor back in the day. Yeah. Cool. Uh, a lot of the ones we've been doing here recently with these are Thor doesn't remember a thing and it's because somebody fucked with his mind. Right. And it's just kind of like, we <laughs> like, you know, whatever. So... Uh, yeah, like I said, it's a nice little respite and uh, some fun, some fun Norse mytholo- mythology fuckery uh, that sets up a lot of what comes later. So, yeah. yeah. Top five? Top five. The Watcher's Guide's Top Five. I think we've threatened you long enough. Top five. Uh, number five. So the Panther, Black Panther and Namor try to out-ass each other and uh, no one wins in the process. So that was fun. Yeah. Um, number four is Alita going full Hulk mode and just being like, nope, fuck this, shut it down and just starting to try to absolute wail on... Um, on her and i i also think it's cool like i said during during the issues that uh we we don't get a lot of time with alita which sucks but um i i like the idea that she's the aggressive one of the two it totally makes sense but like i just enjoy that idea um Mm -hmm. number three is uh moon dragon starting to get over herself it's just nice to see uh, number two is the high evolutionary is hilarious. I didn't realize that about that character, but like him just going back and forth between conscious states of consciousness and being like, it was boring, but it was also exactly what I wanted. I just didn't care about my life being expunged after I, it's just so funny to me. Um, yeah. And then number one in sort of a general sense is Thor getting to do Thor stuff. Like, it's just nice to have a Thor-centric story. Um, this mm-hmm. sort of weird detour we've taken where he's wants to fight the Celestials for reasons that we don't understand just because, like, I just don't buy it as a Thor thing, you know? And Well... It's it makes sense as a Thor thing because he cares about Earth, 
and the Celestials may be destroying Earth. That is the sole reason he is invested in any of this. Yeah, but I don't... Nobody's motivations during any of it make sense to me. Because the Eternals revere the Celestials as their creators and gods. And so why do they have any interest in attacking them like okay whatever like Zurus doesn't make any sense to me his his action against the one above all even though it it fails because odin and the greek gods show up like what why would you do that um thor being involved in any of this without being better thor right because that's the thing i've always enjoyed about this thor is like especially and maybe it's just because he's around his dad and his dad's making him nuts i can get that but like um he's always you know in any other avengers story he's the one who kind of shows up and is like whoa what are we doing why are we fighting anybody ask that just real quick and everyone goes what yeah wait why are we fighting and kind usually calms the shit down he's usually the first guy in in an avenger story to be like hold up what does this mean first um i'll hit the shit out of it later but like right now i just want to you know find out he doesn't ever interrogate the one above all when he has the option he doesn't ask Ajak when he has the option of like what do you think the judgment thing is gonna do like it's just immediate to well clearly humanity is going to fail so I better stop them it's like well you don't understand the parameters my dude like yeah well I here's the thing I think when it comes to the celestials any judgment is inherently unfair. Well, sure. Um, because, because for one thing, humanity doesn't know the parameters. Yeah. Uh, they were not aware that this was going to be happening. Like, yeah. you, you, uh, this is a pop quiz that if you fail means, oh, by the way, we wipe you out. Yeah. Like, um, that is an unher- inherently unfair situation. Um, and the... Um, it is unrealistic to hold a uh, a planet to standards you have not outlined. Like, I... There are, there are a lot of... There are a lot of things that... I can call out in Christianity and other religions, but at least in those situations, God has ostensibly given you a set of rules that you are to follow. Right. You know, if you believe that the Bible or what have you were divinely inspired or out and out written by God, at the very least, he said, these are the things you do. These are the things you don't do. Mm-hmm. The Celestials have shown up and they're just like, we're going to we're going to decide whether you should continue existing. And it's just like, oh, but we didn't know. We didn't know what you wanted. Yeah, we didn't know what you were expecting of us. And I think we touched on this a little last time, but like or maybe a couple episodes ago is I don't think as a story it doesn't get to have its cake and eat it too, which is the cake being the unknowable space gods, right? Right. And the eating it too being also we there's something for our heroes to strive against that they have told us about this uh this judgment that's coming in fifty years, where in reality, if it if they were you know, not to bring up how do I do this without referencing a story that I... If you're going to do unknowable space gods, then you don't get to know a thing. Like, they don't... They just don't... Like, if it's just they showed up, were wandering around, 
and nobody knew why. And nobody could get mm-hmm. them to communicate with us because we are beyond their notice, right? Mm-hmm. That in and of itself has... There's been a couple of stories about that and uh, usually pretty good. We could do that story, but then you're also trying to give us some inkling into what they're about. And it's like, no, you get... You can't have both, man. Mm-hmm. Like, you just can't. Um, right. Or maybe you can, it's just this isn't working. <laughs> like, this isn't working. I think what Kirby was initially trying to do with all of this was unknowable space gods, and it, it got away from it. Um, he was gonna do the 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 unknowable space gods that created the three races of Earth, and the Eternals and the Deviants are fighting each other constantly because and blah 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 whatever right, but it just it got away, yeah because the Celestials were so fucking cool looking, and mm-hmm. we wanted to know more about that and it's like that was the point, Oop, right? Oops. Oh, well. All right, yeah. I'm done. Okay. Uh, number five. Um, Greek gods don't clean up after the party. No. Uh, of course they wouldn't. <laughs> but also just the fact that they're just like, okay, he's gone. So, bye. Bye. <laughs> um, number four is why night vision? Uh, number three is the high evolutionary uh when everyone's just like okay well we have to stop you of course and the high evolutionary is like wait 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 one sec um do we though and they're like well yeah there's there's a whole planet and he's like yeah but it's my planet (laughs) and my planet they're my i'm kind of curious they're currently under stasis so everything is ostensibly fine down there um i don't think we really need to do much yeah um so yeah uh number two is thou knowest who i am (laughs) uh and number one is uh, the moon dragon thing. I I like because not only is moon dragon chilling the fuck out a little bit, but also like I like when somebody's really up their own ass, and then the entire universe just goes out of its way to disabuse them of that. Like yeah. you know, first it's just like you may be the celestial Madonna. Oh, well, fuck yeah. Okay. I'm a fucking goddess. And then it's like, you're not the celestial Madonna. And it's like, okay, that's fine. Keeping on. We're going to we're gonna keep doing this goddess thing. And then it's just like, no, here's a real god. Okay. All right. Well, huh. okay. Maybe I can learn. Nope. <laughs> no. You're kind of where you're at. <laughs> like, uh, right. and you have to, you need to get used to that feeling and she's right. just like oh no because by the time you know annihilation conquest and all that stuff comes around she's died a couple of times and uh heather's way cooler by yeah. and, and both as a char- cool as a character but also just chilled the fuck out a lot yeah. more so that when her and phyla get together um it's it's sweet and like it, it's a good relationship because they complement each other so well um right because she's still a little like whenever she's around mentor she's a little like moon dragon's a little uh, you know haughty but uh mm-hmm. not not in any way that isn't justified um i think right. that, i think it's it's a much better thing and watching that happen or watching the beginnings of that is is really cool i hope that that they consistency is maintained of like her because she doesn't have a book right now there's not a whole lot of cosmic stuff going on in general so right her showing up to get her ass kicked um or to be taken down a peg 
is um i hope they consistently kind of do that when she arrives Uh, yeah 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 um i'm on board with that uh so that is it for us this week join us next week uh we are gonna be reading we're gonna be reading some more thor uh some captain america some power man and iron fist and then we get three whole issues of x-men um but here's the surprise i told you about oh no uh no 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 in four weeks time depending on us of course being able to record every week but in four episodes time uh we will be doing dark phoenix oh shit yeah yep god damn i forgot how fast that book is yeah um (sighs) like well and it and it makes a difference when we're reading like one issue every six weeks yeah but i remember back in you know 2005 or whenever i read it the first time like being told this issue came out in 1972 when did giant size x-men come out five five yeah and then it's like okay so here's giant size and then you're reading and you're reading and you're reading and you're like holy shit all this stuff happens and then dark phoenix (laughs) like it just happens so fast now the episode before uh we're only reading about 12 issues but one of them's an annual okay but I did it specifically that way because uh, the if we had done a full 14 or 15 issues, we would have started Dark Phoenix and then continued it the next episode. This way, Dark Phoenix is all in one episode. So, uh, so yeah, got that to look forward to. Um, in the meantime... Rate and review us wherever you listen to podcasts because that gets us in front of more people. Email us at watchersguide@gmail.com. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter, both individually and at watchersguidemu. And visit our website at watchersguide.com where you can download episodes of the show and see all of the reading lists going back to the very first episode. Have a marvelous week. Bye. Bye.